Let's have the discussion. You're listening to Canter with Scott Natter. Hello, welcome to Canter. I'm Scott Hillier, and joining me today is Jeff Danza, Jeff the 420 Chef. Thank you very much for joining me, Jeff. Oh, thanks for having me on. This is pretty awesome. It's really cool, man. I've been reading a bit about your work. Uh, I've got your cookbook. Um, I'm sure some of my listeners won't be familiar with you, so you can just introduce yourself. Let us know why I've contacted you and uh, why it's going to be really cool for them to have a listen in. Yeah, so I'm Get the 420 Chef. I'm one of the first cannabis chefs to really be on the scene. I started doing this um, legally back in 2012. Uh, when uh, when Colorado uh, legalized, I was living in New York at the time, flying back and forth between Colorado, New York, New York, Colorado, Los Angeles, Washington. Um, and basically, I was cooking for people at that time, for the most part, people that had ailments that wanted to medicate with cannabis and very serious illnesses, um, pretty much terminal illnesses where people were medicating with cannabis. However, they couldn't smoke. They wanted the edibles, but they didn't want the crazy potency of the edibles. And they also didn't want the taste in the edibles. So I was challenged to remove the taste from my canna butter and canna oil to create great tasting edibles, which took me about a year and a half, but I actually did it. And um, it's really a process that uh, involves removing all the compounds responsible for that herbaceous odor and taste. Once the word got out about that, the Daily Beast did an article on me. They uh, called me the Julia Child of Weed. Um, Time Magazine or Newsome Newsweek Magazine did a um, four-page uh, story on me. They called me wow. the Ganja Gourmet. And from there, literally, it just blossomed into celebrity dinner parties and you know, really good stuff here. Um, your, your cookbook looks amazing. Some of your dishes sound absolutely delicious. Um, one thing that stands out to me, you're moving away from, uh, I guess, the old typical brownie or, or something along those lines, the space cake, and you're really taking it. Uh, gourmet is is the correct word uh, for some of those publications to use because you, you, you're you really stepping it up, aren't you? It, it looks phenomenal. I'm trying. <laughs> now, this process that you talk about with uh, – with removing the flavor, uh, the herbaceous flavor of the, the cannabis. Uh, I was reading that, uh, that the patients that you were cooking for, um, they enjoyed the effect, but they had some issues with the, with the flavor. Um, and it's probably yeah. a common theme. Um, so well done for figuring out how to remove that flavor. Um, are you able to run us through a bit about the process and how you came to it? Sure. Yeah. You know, so I realized early on that there's got to be something causing this flavor. Right. And it's a very specific flavor to cannabis. And at the same point, I also realized that there are compounds in there that are medicinal, for example, the trichomes. Right. I did a lot of research into it and I found out that these trichomes are flavorless and they're basically the little glands that are on the plant. Those trichomes are hydrophobic. So that's the first thing you have to keep in mind. They won't wash off in water. So I said, well, what if I wash my cannabis? Because just like I wash my fruits and vegetables, I should wash my cannabis, right? I started washing the cannabis and didn't really work too well. So I started reading about how to leach certain properties out of plant matter and realized that if you have water with a pH of seven, you can literally leach out chlorophyll and other compounds. And I started working with distilled water and started soaking the cannabis in distilled water. And I kept changing out the water because if you do this at home and you, sh- you can do it at home, I teach people how to do it. All I need is a French press, 
right? Uh, your cannabis, right? You seek into a French press with um, distilled water, which I actually. There you go, distilled water. <laughs> this is an empty container, but we just finished it. But um, so you you basically put your cannabis in the French press with the distilled water, and you're going to put at least double the amount of water as you have cannabis. I like to fill it up to about there anyway. And you'll notice that the water is going to change color. And within the first 12 hours, it's going to be a really dark color. It could be dark green, dark gold, dark brown, etc. You change out that water every 12 hours. And by changing out the water, what you're doing is you are removing all of those, um, the, the terpenes, right, which are not the trichomes, the terpenes, which are the um, basically the essential oils of the plant, right? And that's what gives it the odor and the taste, right? Um, a lot of the chlorophyll and the flavonoids. And you're leaching them out, draining them out, leaching them out, draining them out. And over about a three-day period, all of a sudden, the water is going to be clear. And you'll know that you've basically taken out the majority of those terpenes, chlorophyll, and flavonoids. The next step is scary to most people, but the first step was already scary, getting your weed wet. Everyone tells you, don't get your weed (laughs) wet, right? So now you've got the soaking wet weed, and I'm going to tell you to take that weed and put it into a pot of boiling water and boil it for five minutes. So basically, you put it into a tea strainer just to keep it in one space, right? You put your weed into the pot, boil it for five minutes, and then after five minutes, you quickly put it into a bath of ice water to stop the cooking process. What that does is it further leaches out more terpenes, chlorophyll, and flavonoids, and all of a sudden, you've got um, this, which actually, this is actually dried and decarbed already, but your cannabis is clean, and okay, but it doesn't have... Any odor or any taste, right? Yeah, all the green in order to dry has, it, has which, disappeared. Yeah, no, it, it won't be green. It will be brown. Well, it, it's green when it comes out of this out of this process, or greenish, brownish green. But what happens is then you have to dry it. And in order to dry it, what you have to do is you have to put put it into a vessel that will remove the water. You can use a salad spinner; it's a great way to do it. Throw the wet cannabis into the salad spinner, spin it. It'll remove as much moisture as possible. Then you stick it on a sheet pan, put it in the oven, and then you dry and decarboxylate or decarb the cannabis in the oven at 240 degrees for about 60 to 75 minutes until it's bone dry and pretty much looks like this. So it doesn't look like it did when it started, but it still has the potency in it. And if you look at it under a microscope or even under a magnifying glass, you'll see the trichomes are still intact on here. Then you just take this and you pour it into your French press like that. Put your butter and oil or an oil inside. Stick the uh, top of your French press on. Put it in a pot of boiling water for two hours. And let the heat of the boiling water heat up the oil or the butter to then take the trichomes off of the plant matter into the butter and oil. And then the beauty is you just push down the French press, strain it, the cannabis, and all the solids stay in the bottom here. But you have a beautiful infused oil coming out of the top. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really cool to know that you're you're able to put an experience out there for for consumers that that removes that flavor and makes it uh, considerably more palatable. Um, you are uh, developing. Have you have you opened your lounge yet, Monica's Lounge, or is it still no? House is not happening. Oh, okay. um, because of COVID. Yep. Um, that's 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 news now. Um, we are, we are looking to, uh, it might be happening under a different guise right now. The initial group we were with is no longer with us. We're actually looking for new investors. A lot of things have changed since COVID right now. And we're in the process now of deciding what we're going to do, but it's no longer what it was going to be. But by the same token, 
I've invented a product that we're going to be able to put into lounges all over, not only in um, in Los Angeles, but wherever uh, culinary cannabis is allowed, and maybe even dispensaries, where this process literally takes the cannabis and turns it into an edible herb. So I can make I can make that cannabis taste like uh, oregano, basil, thyme, cinnamon, rosemary. You can sprinkle wow. the oregano on your pizza. As a matter of fact, this is our hemp version of it. It's called no oregano. <laughs> That's cool. And 100%, just like the cannabis is 100% cannabis. I'll let you peek inside. That's what it looks like inside, if you can see that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly like oregano. Okay. You sprinkle it and you get high from it. Um, and it has a quick onset of 20 to 30 minutes. So that's been a big part of, uh, of what we've done here. So um, once we, and we also know that a quarter teaspoon is 10 milligrams. So we can look, uh, do little packets of either five or 10 milligrams. You can sprinkle it on your food and you can have a really perfectly dosed culinary experience and not even realize you're eating weed until half an hour later. Cool, cool. Now, Jeff, I know you're pressed for time, but a f- couple of things that I would like to run run through with you, uh, particularly the importance of decarboxylation. Uh, I mean, I'm sure most that are quite familiar with cannabis uh, will be familiar with the the reasons for decarbing, but are you able to just give us a quick run through of why you would go through that process? Yeah. So what happens is when you start out with cannabis before you decarb it, it's full of THCA. THCA is THC with an acid molecule attached to it. It It won't get you high. It's very medicinal, but it won't get you high. If you really want to experience the psychoactive effects of the THC, you have to have we have to remove that A or acid molecule. The only way we can do that is through time and heat. So, or a very long period of time and no heat. So, if you have very old weed, you can literally, it will literally start to convert into THC. But if you want to do it quickly, which you should be doing if you're cooking with it, you're going to put it into an oven, keep it at a low temperature. 240 degrees seems to be a Fahrenheit. Seems to be the magic um, temperature for about 45 to 75 minutes, depending on how moist uh, your your flower is. Very cool. Now, you mentioned the terpenes washing away. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will hear alarm bells when they hear that. Uh, can you just explain to the listener why it's yeah. not so important to maintain those terpenes, particularly when you're cooking yes. with them? I'm so happy to ask that question. Terpenes are very volatile. They burn off between 100 and 200 degrees Fahrenheit. There is no recipe in the world unless it's a raw recipe or a very, very low temperature recipe that is going to cook at anything in that area. Most recipes will cook between 325, 375, 425, 450, et cetera, and higher when you're cooking, right? What happens is, and this is what I realized early on, that danky taste that you're tasting in your edibles is burnt terpenes. And burnt and the burnt chlorophyll and flavonoids. So I remove those at the beginning so you don't have that taste. But as soon as you burn those terpenes between 100 and 215 degrees, you're you're going to get that taste. So take out the terpenes, the chlorophyll and the flavonoids first, and then cook with it. You'll still get the medicinal effects of it, but the terpenes are not valuable at all when you're cooking with it. The only way you'll get terpenes to work or to be valuable is if you actually have natural terpenes that you'll then add back into your food. So if this, for example, this strain that I'm working with here, there's limonene in it, right? I don't have to use the limonene from the, from the cannabis. I can literally serve, you know, um, anything with citrus. I can do a key lime pie if I wanted to, you know, and that would give you um, the limonene. So, you know, the limonene can come from any source. Your body doesn't know whether it comes from uh, cannabis or it comes from a lemon, right? 
And it also works more on the olfactory side. So it comes through your, when you smell it, right? So your brain will pick up those signals. But when you taste it, when you eat it, it's a very different thing. So I remove those compounds. And then by removing those compounds, there's no danky taste. That's cool. That's very cool. Now you promote a culinary experience. You promote low dose uh, dishes and uh, I guess scaling your, your meal as it progresses. Um, which is really cool. Uh, are you able to tell us a little bit about your dosing, how you came to the, the, the dosing um, in terms of, I guess you use a formula, um, and what you sure. recommend as a, as a typical dose for each, uh, each dish as an appetizer or say a main? So, so most people are good between 5 and 10 milligrams of THC, period, right? Now, we have people at our dinner parties that only want 2.5 milligrams, and I have people that want 100 milligrams. The people that want 100 milligrams or more, they're decadosers, they know what they're doing. They'll come in, they'll say, I want 100 milligrams, we'll make sure it happens, right? But what we do is we make sure that we know the potency of our can of oil or can of butter. And you could do it at home as well. I have a calculator online. It's actually, it's um, an, on iOS and Android, so you get it on your phone, it's free. It's called the TAC calculator, super simple. You put in the potency of the uh, cannabis that you're infusing, you put in the amount of cannabis. Now, the amount of cannabis is not what you bought in the store. So if you bought seven grams of cannabis in the store and you put it through my process, at the end, it's only going to be like 5.1. So you've got to put your final weight in there and then the amount of butter or oil that you're using that you're infusing with the cannabis, right? And then you'll know how many milligrams are in your total amount of butter or oil, how many milligrams are in a teaspoon or a tablespoon of your butter or oil, and then you can even go into servings and say, okay, well, if I'm using one tablespoon of my can of oil, my can of oil is 100 milligrams, and I'm doing uh, 10 brownies with that one tablespoon of the oil mixed in with regular oil, each one of my brownies is going to be 10 milligrams, right? So we're able to make sure we're able to dose it precisely down to the drop. When I do my dinner parties, I use an eyedropper because you might tell me you want 25 milligrams and someone you bring with you might say, hey, I only want two milligrams, right? You'll get your 25, they'll get your two, but you won't be able to tell the difference in the food. Wow. That's, that's, that is amazing. That's really, really cool. Um, You promote, uh, I guess, I guess a lot of your dosing measurements, uh, uh, they revolve around THC and CBD. Have you sampled any dishes with say CBG or CBN or something along those lines? You know, so THC converts to CBN with heat. So we know that, you know, a part of um, our process here will increase the CBN quotient in your uh, in, in your uh, cannabis and as well as cannabis and cannabis oil. CBG, not really. I don't really focus on that. For the most part, most people want to experience the THC and or the CBD. You know, the other cannabinoids, until we find out a little more about them, you know, I don't really focus that much on them. And, you know, it's more to get people into that experience of experiencing uh, cannabis as a whole. That's really cool. Um, I know you're in a bit of a rush, so I will try and wrap things up for you. I just, one thing that fascinates me, um, I, I'm into history a little bit and uh, moments in time. And uh, Jeff, I think for you right now, um, as a as a cannabis chef and also uh, uh you're an openly gay gay man. Um, yeah. What a what a time to be alive, mate. You, you, I guess, the progressive aspect of society, and even where you are on the west coast, uh, California, is that correct? Yeah, you're in Hollywood, yeah. aren't you? Like, you, I guess you've you've slipped into this perfect moment in time for your own demographic. It's it's amazing. Must be. I know how it feels to be a, a part of this cannabis movement, and um, 
and uh, I guess seeing the joy of it open up and uh, shackles being taken off and you're experiencing yeah, two things at once. It's magic, man. I'm, right. I mean, I'm also a gay dad. I have three amazing kids, six and 31. Um, and they're amazing. You know, I came out way early to them. I mean, you know, I got divorced 20 years ago, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the people don't know that the gay community was, is one of the uh, main reasons why cannabis has been legalized, specifically in California, you know, and it all started around AIDS and giving people with HIV and AIDS a way for them to uh, for them to have a better quality of life, you know, towards the end. And that was a big part of it. A guy in, um, uh, in, in San Francisco, Dennis um, Perone. Dennis, per- Dennis Perone uh, was literally like, you know, um, the first person to open up the first legal dispensary. He got raided three times. He got shut down. He got arrested. They didn't want to hear from it, even though it was legal in the state. It was federally illegal. You know, he went through a lot. But he actually was largely responsible for the movement today that legalized cannabis in California. So, you know, being a gay man and carrying that on and being able to really say, hey, look, look, what you did for us to be able to do this is pretty awesome. So, yeah, this is the new normal. You're looking at it, you know, gay dad, three kids, cannabis stuff. I mean, you know. It's magic, man. <laughs> I, I love it. And uh, I love that you can you, you can express yourself and be you. Uh, I think that's really, really cool. Um, so yeah, I hope I hope uh, over here in in West Oz things gradually progress the way they are in California, so that uh, we can get more more magic, um, and uh, people can just just be themselves. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, to do that for you guys, I would love that. That'd be so much fun. That's really cool, man. I, Jeff, I hope to get you back on the show someday for a, for a bit of a longer chat. Um, I do like to get in a bit of depth with my guests. So, um, please leave that open for the future if we can, um, because I'd love to sit down with you and spend an hour with you and, and have a really good chat, but I really appreciate your time this morning, mate. It's my pleasure. And I would love to do that with you. Absolutely. You're a superstar, Jeff. And to the less listeners, uh, check out Jeff's Instagram page. It is awesome. It is, uh, it's a feast for the eyes. Um, Jeff, you're doing some really special stuff in the world of cannabis and, uh, I, I congratulate you on everything you're doing and I look forward to seeing what you come up with next, mate. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to speaking to you again. Good man. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank Take you. care, mate. You guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cantor. Any guest views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and not necessarily those of the hosts. Cantor strongly suggests listeners research local, state, and federal laws and regulations before conducting any cannabis-related activity. 